Hello and welcome to A Murderous Affair, the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. My name is Gabrielle and this week our episode is on Annie Walsh. Last week, I asked you guys to vote on who you wanted to hear about, and Battle Annie was the one who got the most votes. Thank you to everyone who voted and said which person they wanted to hear about. You guys are awesome, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you, like many others, are stuck inside and looking for something to do, why not listen through the old episodes of A Murderous Affair if you haven't already, or share this podcast with a friend. Get the word out about these women in history that not a lot of people know about. Anyone who does should definitely send me a screenshot of their post doing so, and I will thank you personally. You can send it to me on my social media handles, at frumiusreads, which is F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. I was recently told about how difficult it is to find my name when you don't know how to spell it, and I apologize for that. So from now on, I'll include a spelling of it for those of you guys who are interested in finding me on other social media platforms. But enough of that already. Let's talk about Battle Annie. Our resources today come from a multitude of different sites. We've got The Findery, which had an article about the tough gals of New York. The Red Coffee Pot, which I love that uh, website name, that's the cutest name ever, which has a speech for Miss Annie Walsh. We've got, of course, the Annie Walsh wiki page, as well as a page on the website called The Irish Mob, a policechiefmagazine.org article on female gang membership, the 1829 Gangs of New York article on brooklyngenealogyinfo.org, and The Gangs of New York, An Informal History of the Underworld by Herbert Asbury. And what we'll come to find in this episode is that despite all of those websites I just listed, the actual information available about Annie Walsh is slim to none. So I couldn't find too much about her early life. In fact, a lot of the information that I was able to find was more related to the gang that she was a part of than Annie herself. So we're going to do a little trip down history lane and see what exactly this gang she was a part of was up to in the late 1800s. But first, let's get a picture of where we are in history. I don't think it's any secret that early New York city was home to some big name gangsters and mafiosos, which I love that word, mafiosos, it just sounds so badass. Hell's Kitchen especially earned its name during this time period. And I always think it's funny when people talk about their nostalgia for like how life used to be and missing the old ways of big cities like New York or really any place in general. I find usually if you take a look at history, you'll find a lot of the same problems of today were just as, if not more pervasive, as what was happening back then. Literally, like, so many things. <laughs> but one of the things that I will admit to being nostalgic for is the sheer creativity and levels of ridiculousness that came with gang names. Obviously, you wouldn't say this to their face, 
but the names of the gangs and the nicknames of the gangsters themselves are some of the most ridiculous things that I've ever read. For example, Battle Annie's full name is Annie Walsh. So how do you go from having a name from a Jane Austen novel to Battle Annie? Well, as quoted from a policeman's report, she was, quote, one of the most feared brick hurlers of her time. She was fierce when it came to fighting, whether or not that was against rival gangs over, over territory or policemen when they happened to push her gang a little too far. This gang, spelled G-O-P-H-E-R, was apparently pronounced goofer and was known as the Goofer Gang. I've had a lot of trouble reading that in my head because I keep wanting to say the Gopher Gang. And when I looked up one of the websites, it turns out that they were actually pronounced as the Goofer Gang. But they were called that because they tended to gather together in cellars or basements to conduct their business or have uh, discreet meetings with other members. Together, they controlled the Middle West side of New York, estimating from 14th to 42nd Street and 7th to 11th Avenues. And for those who don't know New York, like me, that includes areas that today hold Times Square, Grand Central Station, Hell's Kitchen, and the Empire State Building. They were also especially active when it came to the New York Central Railway Yards, as they tended to rob the freight trains as they came through the west side. This became such a routine tactic of theirs that eventually, during the 1910s, New York began to establish a police presence along the railways just to stop them. Their main sources of income from illegal activity came from committing burglaries, running burdellos, which is a really fancy word for a brothel house, and petty theft. A saloon on Battle Row, which was located on 39th Street between 10th and 11th Avenues, was owned by Mallet Murphy which is a pseudonym for the man who is considered to be the overall leader. We don't actually have his real name, we just have the pseudonym of Mallet Murphy, called such because of the wooden mallet he was known to bring to brawls and break up fights with. The Battle Row Saloon was also a perfect name for the saloon itself, as it was located in an area that played battleground to many rival gang members in New York at that time. So you see, there was five big name gangs that controlled the criminal world in New York between 1880 and 1920. These were the Hudson Dusters, the Five Pointers, the Yos, the Eastman Gang, and then our very own Goofer Gang. Now, most of these gangs would eventually disband or fade away, but their division and overall makeup paved the way for many ambitious gangsters that followed their footsteps. Most notably, the Five Pointers were the predecessors of the Five Points Gang, where infamous criminals like Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, and Johnny Torrio made their start. And as I'm sure we can guess, this made for a very violent time in New York City. The Goofer Gang, and by association, Battle Annie, was well known to be, quote, a group of brawlers, muggers, and thieves. And while it was assumed that they provided clandestine services to those who had the money, in 1908, they began to publicly advertise those services. And maybe this is just me, but like, I wouldn't publicly advertise the illegal services I provide because they're illegal and I don't want to advertise that I do illegal things, at least not publicly. And I feel like that may have also led to their downfall. I used a converter because I was curious to see how these prices held up from back then to now. And this is what I found. As advertised from the Goofer Gang and their associates, we have the services that they were willing to provide, if you had the money anyway. Basically, a slash on the cheek was one to $10 which converts to today's 30 to $280. You could get someone shot in the leg 
for one to $25, which today is 30 to $700. A shot in the arm was $5 to $25 which today is about 140 to $700. And then they have a bomb, so bomb services, which were between $5 and $20, which would be between 140 and 560 today. And I have to say that it's crazy that shooting someone in the arm or leg is, is potentially more expensive than planting a bomb. You would think that maybe the price would be higher. And then finally murder, which was between $10 and $100, or in today's money, 280 and $2,800. I still feel like that's pretty cheap for murder. So the Goofer Gang had a committee. So these are basically kind of like the higher ups who would give jobs that would then trickle down through the rest of the gang. These committee members are recorded as being Marty Brennan, Stumpy Malarkey, and Newberg Gallagher. And try as I might, I could not find the reason for Stumpy Malarkey's name. I don't know if it was a nickname, but the fact that I can't find any evidence or any explanation for it is a tragedy in my opinion. Um, so if you have any information, please let me know. I'm dying. I'm dying of curiosity to know why that was his name. There seem to be almost two different phases of the gang. The high point during the late 1800s and then their decline around the 1910s. Annie herself was, Annie herself was notably active during the 1870s to 1880s during which time she formed and became leader of the Lady Gophers, more formally known as Battle Row Ladies Social and Athletic Club. She started with 50 lady members and then worked her way up to an estimated 200, who acted as reserve members for fights with rival gangs and police. This is where her second nickname, the Queen of Hell's Kitchen, was formed. Unfortunately, 1907 came with the beginning of the end of the Goofer Gang, when one of the committee leaders, Newberg Gallagher, began a three-year feud with bartender William Lennon. The whole feud began over a card game and came to an end on May 17, 1910, when Gallagher and fellow Goofer Gang committee member Marty Brennan went to the bar where Lennon was working. An argument began almost immediately and guns were drawn on both sides, but it was Lennon who ended up shooting Gallagher in the stomach and they left. And apparently that wasn't exciting enough for their night or had just become so routine in their lives that they basically did the equivalent of walking it off and decided to go to another bar later on where they ran into Lennon again. This time Gallagher was the one to pull his gun and he shot Lennon three times. Lennon ended up dying in the bar and Gallagher and Brennan were arrested shortly after. Both received jail sentences. Gallagher was sentenced to 9 to 19 years, and even though he was the one who took full responsibility and claimed Brennan had no part in it, Brennan also received 19 years due to having a previous prison sentence. After their arrest, the Goofers were officially led by One Lung Current. Once again, could find no information about why he was called One Lung, and I would love to know. So if you have any information, please let me know. These names are amazing and I'm dying to know the history behind them. Anyway, One Lung was known for orchestrating attacks on lone patrolmen. He would then steal the officer's uniforms, alter them, and wear the stolen uniform around the neighborhoods that the goofers controlled. Other gang members were inspired to do the same, and I'm assuming this means Battle Annie too, considering how many run-ins she had with the police. However, One Lung Curran died in 1917, and with his death, in addition to the increased police presence along the railway lines, 
the Goofer Gang soon disbanded into smaller factions before disappearing completely. When it comes to Battle Annie and her actual recorded deeds, it's nearly impossible to find any information about her. Unfortunately, this tends to be a problem that's continued all throughout history, which is why, even though I know it'll make this episode a little shorter than our usual ones, I still wanted to mention her. What I found as I was researching about Battle Annie and trying to find more information on her, and not just her life in a notorious gang, but many women's lives in gangs as a whole, is that even though women have been active members of various gangs and gang life all throughout history, we still don't know much when it comes to those women in gangs, at least when it comes to the United States, and this continues to even today. I'm not sure of the similarities in statistics for other countries, but when surveyed in the U.S., over 25% of police departments didn't have any data on female membership in gangs whatsoever. And as of a 2016 survey made by the National Gang Center, 71% of female gang members had committed violent acts, and this includes instances in which they were asked, forced, or volunteered. And it does seem that there is a growing interest and demand when it comes to gathering data on women in gangs now, it's still disappointing to find that the same problem that plagued me when trying to look up information about Annie Walsh from a century ago is happening when it comes to women in gangs today. Maybe people didn't realize how much of an interest there would be in the criminal syndicates of New York City then or now. Or maybe Annie Walsh's life wasn't considered important enough to record. Whatever the reason, it definitely makes me more than a little sad that what seems like a really interesting in person is basically reduced to nothing more than a little footnote in history. But that is the story of what I was able to find about Annie Walsh's life and her duration as Battle Annie. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I would love to know what your thoughts were, so please feel free to reach out on, to me on different social medias. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, any of the above. You can find me at Frumious Reads, F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S, R-E-A-D-S on all social on all of those social media platforms and I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to support the podcast by sharing it with a friend, that would be amazing. And if you do, definitely send me a screenshot because that would make me so excited and I'd love to thank you personally. But for now, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye.